Welcome back to Swing the Twig. It's a Friday and yet another show. Pretty much everyone's here except for Dom. I'm Tommy Franks. Guys, what is going on? It's another Friday and another crazy week of baseball. We're inching closer to the playoffs. Who cannot be excited? Isn't that right? I mean, it's insane. You know, when you really think about it, it's it's uh it's quite the it's quite the time to be watching baseball and uh, rooting for certain teams and you know, just to, as a full disclosure, you know, we, we did this podcast on Tuesday. Anthony and I were doing it on Tuesday night, obviously. And clearly we were we were wondering if Judge would hit his uh, 60th home run during the podcast or at all for that matter. And he hit it roughly around an hour after we finished the show, but after we recorded. And obviously by the time it was uploaded, I was able to tell people, you know, um, full disclosure, we did not do it during Judge's 60th, and you'll learn that. Um, but really happy he got it for the sake of it. But it's not the pressure's still not done yet. He still has to tie and pass Roger Maris. The balls are still marked specially for every at bat he takes in Yankee Stadium or any park for that matter. Uh, Jeff, I wanted your take because Anthony had talked about it a little bit on Tuesday with regard to the whole idea of marking balls for these sort of milestones or potential milestones. Do you think that gives it obviously it does, but do you think it's that significant for judge to where it affects affects him, like puts too much pressure on him in a certain situation like this? Are you for or against the mark balls? I I just don't see a point to it. I really don't. You know yeah. there I, I just don't see a reason for it. It's it's as simple as that. You know, you gotta change all the balls out, you know, so that that's slowing the game down now, mm -hmm. you know. Um and then, and then you know, and anyone can turn around and say, "Oh, they're they're juicing those balls just a tiny bit more for Judge," you know. So people can turn around and start saying that stuff. I I don't think they are. I don't I don't think Rob Manfred is that stupid, but it, it's something that I'm sure some people are saying in the Twitterverse about it. You know, oh, they're juicing it, and yeah, it. All, all it's doing is calling more attention to something that everyone's already fixated on. There's no need for it. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy when you really think about it. I mean, I mean, AC, has your opinion changed on it? Because, like, I mean, we saw it. We see it tonight, too, as we're, full disclosure, we're doing it on a Thursday night, obviously, the podcast. And we could we could very well be live for Judges 61st. It's possible. Uh, not likely because the Red Sox are walking him. But it's possible. But I mean, has your opinion changed based on what we saw on Tuesday night with the at bats and the pressure on him was insane. We saw that the first two at bats. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's always gonna be pressure on him and I think it's I don't think it's getting to him because of the fact that he has walked twice, so you kinda know that he isn't going out of his way and he's sticking to his approach and not trying to hard, which is a good thing, right? Because he's also Yep, we we understand history is on the line, but also he's trying to go for that triple crown. And Bogarts is, you know, those two guys are neck and neck going into the game on Thursday night. It was down to like a percentage difference, and he was leading that by like maybe like point four or something. So it's tight. So Arias too. Yeah, sure. he's right behind him as well. Yeah, he's kind of slipping, but he is also like one or two points behind him too. So like you know, if Arias does yeah. have a good a good game, he's right back in it. But I mean, I mean. I don't know, like the like the mark balls, like the only the only thing I can understand it by is that like okay, let's say he hits sixty one and then he smacks sixty two, like it gives him more like authenticity for it because like I'm a big like you know I collect like I didn't collect as much as I used to when I was younger, but like 
you know, I do collect, you know, memorabilia stuff here and there. And, you know, authenticity is key. There's a lot of stuff that's fake out there in, in the world, in the world of memorabilia and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, and especially nowadays, it's tough to, um, kind of know at times if it's real or not, if it isn't authenticated by a reputable source, whether it be major league baseball, fanatics, PSA, JSA, or any other, the big leagues. So the fact that major league baseball is doing it is probably only because of the fact that they want to make sure that it is, that it's authentic so that they know that like, Oh, like I caught it, but then there's no marking on it. They're like, all right, that's not the ball. So like, for example, like the kid who, who, who got the ball, who got the 60th ball, you kind of saw him, right? Everyone kind of was in a dog pile. He grabbed it, kind of slid, yes. slithered out of there, but they knew it was the ball because it was marked. So that's, that's a good point. So that's the only reason why I think Major League Baseball is doing it, it's just for authenticity purposes, which makes sense because, you know, there's a lot of forgers and, and figures out there who are going to try to try to make a quick buck because that's what they do because it can be a lucrative business, but if it's real. 100%. I mean, the thing, the thing that makes me most mad more than the marked balls is when Judge gets walked. Like tonight, he's been walked twice or three times now, twice, I think. And it is crazy the amount of the, the amount of booze that rang from the first pitch of that first at bat with him leading off in that game. That is stupidity at its finest. And yes, I'm a Yankee fan until the day I die. And I was a Yankee fan when I was born out the womb. But I got to admit, that is really freaking stupid. To, to boo on the very first pitch, a ball. All because they, they paid money for a ticket and they don't want to see him walk. It's selfish. You Can't you cheer for a guy getting on base? Is that not good enough? I don't know if you guys disagree or agree with me. Just the booing was astoundingly stupid I, to me. I mean, I mean, you have to understand it, though. Like, you know, you have to understand that we're at a point now, one, the Yankees are in the playoff one, and two, right, he's going for history. So now every, every ticket to these next three games – are going to be astronomical. So the fans yes. that are coming now are probably not going to come back to Friday's nice game, Saturday's game, or Sunday's game, or probably any game this the rest of the season, right? So they want to get their money's worth. So I do get it, but you know, I also do agree with you that like, look, like if he walks, like don't be that upset. Like, I, do you want to see history? Yes, but at the same time, right, the team's got to win, right? Because we're still trying to clinch the division. But I think that's just you know, in the heat of the moment, right? If you're there, it's different, you know. Because you're at the game, you're paying a lot of money, right? You drove X amount of hours. You're paying for your seats, your food, and everything like that. So you want to get your return on your investment. And that's why they're booing. Because the investment that they're putting in is hopefully that they get to see history. Because if it doesn't happen, it's like, okay, we kind of wasted money. That's might be some people be thinking. See, oh, sure. See, I don't, I, I don't even know if it's that, like, if I were in that situation, like, yeah, like I wouldn't be booing after ball one, but I would certainly be booing after every single walk, not because like I wasted money on not seeing judge hit it because like you guys know me, like I just genuinely enjoy watching baseball history being made or not. You know, I, I could be watching the pirates and the reds and I would still love it just because it's baseball. Oh, yeah. I, would be I, I would be booing more because I see it as like a, you're pitching around him. You're scared. You don't want to be on the wrong side of history. So you're deliberately avoiding the issue so that you're not that guy. And now instead of maybe getting the out, you're now screwing your team over by putting a guy like that on base, giving an offense like the Yankees a chance to play to Macross with one swing of the bat, really. 
So now you're hurting your team just because you want to be selfish and you don't want to be that guy that gave up the home run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get it. Like I get, I get the whole idea of the booing after a, after a walk. That's, uh, that's fine. Like what bothered me yesterday too, like, like they didn't even cheer for a double. They, they, they were like, Oh, when he hit a double. Yeah. I'm like, you ought to be freaking lucky. He's even hitting home runs at this rate. Just the lack of appreciation is what gets me all the time where it's like, I mean, you have to be appreciative of where, of what, how, what he's doing, how he's doing it at the rate he's doing it. It's insane. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you boo and you go, Oh, for a double and other extra base hit, it just shows the lack of appreciation for, for what he's done this entire season. I see it as a massive slap in the face. Uh, to what he's done. They want to see history. They paid for a ticket. They probably won't go for the rest of the season. That's accurate. I'm sure that's that's the case. But I just can't I can't go along with that, w- with being sad about a double. Because what's more important, the player or the team? Mm-hmm. You're at a Yankee game, right? You probably came for Judge to break, to, you know, make history, right? But you came for, you came for, you know, Judge to, to really do, uh, you came for the Yankees. I'm sorry to to do damage that night. That's what you came for. I don't know. It, yeah. I don't know. It it just bothers me on that end. Well, more on stupidity, guys. Uh, Miguel Andujar gets gets DFA'd. This is the last of the Yankees. We'll talk about. Then we're gonna move on. Uh, Miguel Andujar gets DFA'd, and this is the same guy that requested a trade back in what June, guys. I mean, he kept going back and forth, minors to the Yankees, and. Didn't know where the hell he was going to be. So he's officially been DFA'd. I mean, I don't hear anyone complain about Miguel Andujar this year other than have sympathy for him. Like, this is a terrible situation for him. He's been better than Hicks. He's been better than Donaldson. I haven't knocked him. Yeah. He, he hasn't even played enough to knock him. Right, exactly. And the thing is... This only happened, and obviously Yankee fans will remember, because of the whole Gio Urshela thing when he got hurt. Uh, when he got hurt back in 19, in that ni- uh, before the 19 season, Gio Urshela played third base and obviously played third till he got traded to the Twins. And, and Duhar now is basically out of a job because they got Donaldson in that trade. So Donaldson plays third now, obviously. So Miguel Andujar is kind of left with no options. He just told Cashman and public and the, everyone publicly, I, look, I don't want to be here if I can't be on the major league club. I can't blame him. I can you? Like I I I can't. No. It's just unbelievable to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he lost his job without even doing anything, right? It was an injury that killed him, right? He tore his labrum in the beginning of the twenty nineteen season. And Gio Urshela stepped up, had a great season, both obviously defensively and offensively he kind of showed up, and he lost his job because of that. But we all know he's a great hitter, and we've seen glimpses of him in the outfield that he could play the corner outfield spots. But it's just mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that whatever upper management is thinking about him, um, you know, it just, it just sucks because we all know what he can do. And he's still very young. He's not even 28. I think he's 26. Like he's still right. very young, and, and that's someone with, that's someone you want to have, right? Would you rather have an aging Donaldson who's 36 making $20 million a year who good defender but can't, you know, his hitting is he's past his day, or would you want a guy even, who... E- 
even that's being called into scrutiny now. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I mean, did, I, did, did you not watch the game last night? Well, no, Wednesday I, night. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I saw the double play where like he went and then came back. I was like, bro, like what? Like this is like fundamentals one on one. Like why did you go the other way when there was no one on second base? I was like, well, did you see a ghost? Like what the like what the hell? So, but you know, but Anuhar, I think you play average defense at third, and that's all you really need. You know, would you, I'd rather have the big bat that he can produce, you know, 40 doubles, 15, 20 home runs, 270 average, average defender over a guy who maybe can average above average defense but can't hit the ball to save his life, you know, because Donaldson, I get it, he has 12, 13 home runs, but he's batting 220. His OPS is like six something. It's not great. You know, the reason why he's on the field is because he's getting paid $20 million a year. That's the only reason why. Yep. You know, they should do the same thing they're doing with Hicks. $19.5 million, yep, sorry, you're getting benched. Like, that's what they should be doing, but they're not. Yeah, I I totally get it. Like, it's 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 crazy. Um, I, I'm just, I'm, I just, I feel bad for the guy. Like, I, I remember watching him in spring training this year, just being so, um, uh, what's the word? Like I was, I was excited for him. Like I was like, all right, maybe he's got a chance. He's he's looking good. He was he was hitting really solid. I mean, during had, that spring had, training, you had you're, you're optimistic about him. I was very optimistic about Andujar, yeah. and I still and look, I still am. I have I have I have seen nothing from Miguel Andujar to say. I really hate that guy. He sucks. I've never thought that for a second about Andujar. Um, I I just haven't. He hasn't been given enough chances in my mind. It's just crazy. Um, yeah, it's 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 so unfortunate when you really think about it. It's, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, rough. it's funny. I'm watching the game right now, right? Who should be starting, Andujar or Cabrera? Yeah. You know? I mean, you got to think about it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I like Cabrera. I like Oswaldo. He's been doing great and all. And Yeah. And Bader's looking awesome in a Yankees uniform for the first, you know, his first few few games. I mean, Bader's I, taking Hicks's spot. Like, there's just you know. right, right, right. Yeah, right. thank, thank God. Thank yeah, God. love it. But it's going to get more complicated. This is the last we'll talk about the Yankees, and then we'll move on. Uh, you know, ba- like the thing is, you got Ben Intendi coming back for the postseason. That's already you know minimum postseason. He's not coming back for regular season. That's been ruled today. You also have, um, oh my God, I'm I'm drawing a blank. Oh, Carpenter. Sorry, uh, Matt Carpenter, who's also more than likely not coming back to the postseason. So, once the playoffs arrive, it's going to get a little bit uh, dicey with regard to who's going to be in the outfield. You know how many? This is what I. This is what we talked about the deadline. Like, how many outfielders are on this team right now? Not not healthy, but just in general, how many outfielders are on this roster? And yes, count Aaron Hicks. It's a lot. Well, you got, yeah, you got you got Judge, you got Stanton, you got Bader, you got eventually Benintendi. Four. You got Hicks. Five. You got you got Cabrera. Six. We had Andujar, but we don't got him anymore, you know. So that I mean that that's six guys right there I can think of off the top of my head. Um, Tim LaCastro, whenever he's playing, mm-hmm. um, I I know he kind of bounces back and forth, but Tim LaCastro. Um, so yeah, I mean that's a lot of guys. It's too. It's a, it's a ton. It's half of our position players that are pretty much exclusively in the outfield. <laughs> yeah. You know, you really think about it. It's crazy. Um, just the amount of, uh, the amount of outfielders there are on this team. Well, all right, let's move on because 
Uh, we got bigger fish, fish to fry here with regard to the rest of baseball. If we want to move on to the Kansas City Royals, I know they're kind of like out and it's, you know, they're thinking about next season already. Uh, but but Dayton Moore has been fired from the Royals. Uh, Jeff, that's their front office guy, right? Or is that... um? Yeah. Yeah, is that their GM? Yeah. Yeah, he... He he was the mastermind behind that 2015 uh, World Series. Yeah. So. Okay. I mean, the didn't they beat the Twins today, the Royals? As they we're doing this on a Thursday, they were up on them in the afternoon. So, yeah. I mean, the Royals can play spoiler very easily, just as much as anybody else. All right. Well, I mean, Jeff, we didn't really. I mean, AC and I talked a lot about this on Tuesday, but and we obviously you weren't here, but we talked a lot about you know the how the playoffs are going to look and, 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 and ha- who's clinched already. Um, you know, the Braves are one of them. Astros, another one, Dodgers, Mets, uh, Yankees were waiting. Apparently they just have to win tonight. Apparently they just have to win or Baltimore has to lose. Which yes. Make sense to me. Well, yeah. Baltimore yes. has to well, lose. Baltimore, which Baltimore's that, winning right now, which it's two, nothing in the fifth. It's two. Yeah, it's two, nothing in the fifth right now. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's crazy, but yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to really imagine, but yeah, it's, I, I can't see the Orioles losing tonight against the Astros, but it's two nothing right now. And the Yankees will be in the postseason as long as they can beat the Red Sox. That's really what matters. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those things where like mathematically there's a chance realistically, they're making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Very true. It's just the it's just the division now, and right now there's a Yankees got a six and a half game lead up on the Blue Jays. So, you know, a a, a win tonight and a Blue Jays loss tonight would al- almost solidify winning the division at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's the key is that Toronto series right coming up. That Toronto series yep. for the Yankees is going to be very crucial to winning the AL East. Um, you know, that's, that's going to be really, really key. Um, yeah, it, we, we win that and we'll be good. We'll, we'll be, we'll be I think division so. champs. We'll get that second seed and we'll get a first and we'll get the first round off. Is there any chance they can get the first seed still? No. Mathematically uh, speaking? I, I mean, probably mathematically speaking. I probably, yeah. I mean, probably, but it's a long shot. I'm aware of that. Yeah. I, I, I can't see it happening. Yeah. No, I get it. Okay, well, I mean, paint, paint this picture, Jeff. Let's go to the National League. Who do you think is the the best matchup you're looking forward to seeing this playoffs this this coming playoffs? There's a lot. Are we just talking National League? Yeah, right now, because we already talked American League quite a bit, you know, obviously, but National League, right? Shift, shift, shift over. Who's the team you want to see? The matchup you want to see, I should say. I mean, the the, the obvious answer is Dodgers Mets. You want that? That's just that. That's just the most straightforward answer. You want Dodgers Mets? Um, yeah, I mean, a, a a matchup we're probably not gonna get, um, just because of the way that the the way that the rankings and everything, the positions are working out and everything. I would honestly like to see Padres and Phillies. Just because, like, those are both teams that have a massive ego and a chip on their shoulders. 
and seeing those two teams play against each other with kind of the big names around them, you know, Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber going against, you know, Juan Soto and all of them, you know, something like that, I think, just just those guys bashing heads with each other, I think, and the fans too bashing heads with each other, I think would be, it, it would be enjoyable to watch for anyone who's not a fan of those two teams. Anything involving the Padres, and Dom knows how I feel about it, anything involving the San Diego Padres is going to be, oh my God, the fans are going to be nuts. And, and you know, the Padres fans are the ones that start fights in the stands at yeah. Sometimes with the Dodgers and the, we all we all remember the Padre fan that knocked out the Rocky fan in Colorado. I think 2021 last year was that was. Yeah, I I mean I would love to see a playoff matchup like that. If I had to pick a National League matchup, I would like to see. That's really hard. I got. I'm not gonna lie. I would say, and it's possible. No, I don't think so. Braves, Braves, Mets is the one I'd want to. Brave maybe Braves and Mets is the one I want to see. No, no, that can happen. That can happen because the, I mean, the Braves are going to get the four seed or the division. I, I, either the Mets or the Braves are going to get the two seed, and then wait, who gets uh, the three? That would be the Cards. The Cards are going to jump ahead of the. um, Really? Well, division division leaders take one, two, three. Mm. Oh yeah. And then wild card spots are four, five, six. So yeah. Technically, the Braves are ahead of the Cardinals. They should be taking that third that that third spot, mm-hmm. but because they're not winning the division, they default to fourth right now. So the winner of that four or five matchup plays the two seed. So assuming the Braves do what everyone's expecting them to do and beating either the Padres, the Phillies, or the Brewers, whoever that four whoever that five spot is, they would end up playing the Mets or vice versa. If it's the Mets that fall back and they have to end up playing um, the Braves as the four seed. Mm-hmm. That'd be, yeah, it's crazy. It'd be crazy. Um, yeah. I would love to see that. AC, is there one National League matchup you'd like to see in the postseason? Um, hmm. Probably. Ooh, I'll probably go Cardinals. Give me Cardinals Mets. I like to see. Cardinals that. I Mets. Think, I think their offenses are alike. I think they both have the pitching staff. I think the Mets have it slightly, but I think I think St. Louis has the pedigree over um, New York. Um, I just think those are just. I think that would just be a great matchup. I think they'd go toe to toe. I think that can go to seven games if 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 we get it, but. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to see, but that would be my matchup because I like I like the Cardinals as an organization. I like the guys they have on the team, and I just want to see the Mets lose. <laughs> Don't we even, all, right? e- e- even though they have no like um, effect on me because they are in the National League, it would just mm-hmm. you know silence all the Mets. Be like, yep, you were favorites to come into the season, and you got bounced right out. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe like. You know when you really, I I can't I can't wait for that uh, that matchup in the national the national league just all around. Well, shifting the American League guys because I'm seeing the scoreboard right now. Guardians and the White Sox. That's the and the Guardians have the first two games I think of that series, and I think this is their last one right now that they're playing as we're you know recording. 
The Guardians have a pretty wide lead still in the division. It looks like they're going to take it now at this point. I think it's like six games now or seven, um, maybe even larger. But it's it's dominating. and Six games. Six, okay. So they're absolutely controlling this AL Central, and I don't see them looking back at all. And Judge just lost an att- attempt at 61 as I'm doing this. But it's it's crazy at at how how that division is so bad, right? But it looks like the Guardians would be the only team to truly finish above 500, right, guys? Um, that team that's going to be pretty far above 500. Yeah, I mean, they're the only team that deserves it right now. You know, the the Twins are now four games below 500. They're, for all intents and purposes, they're out of it. You know, the Twins aren't coming back. They they have the division. They had a chance to put it away. They lost it. You know, White Sox. You know. They had the chance. They were the favorites moving in. They lost it. The Guardians deserve it, and they should get it at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. That's um, that's very true. Well, all right. I mean, the playoffs are going to be really exciting, guys. I'm, I'm just really looking forward to it coming. Hopefully, the Yankees actually get in and they do what they're supposed to do. Um, that's besides the point. But uh, I want to touch on this because I have – we. I can't recall the last time I saw a stat on this in previous years, but apparently it is a stat. The the um the fact that the Mets have a record 106 batters hit this season. 106. And the beginning of the season like they had what? They had Lindor nearly hit in the face. They had a brawl with the Nats. You know, think about all the times, right, Jeff, like when like when there were when there were um brawls in the Mets. Oh, the Cardinals series mm-hmm. with Arenado flipping out. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it it's almost comical. I think and I, I, I think I said it way back then, you know, where where it was like a batter every game that was getting hit or like there there was the one stretch where it was what like ten guys were hitting like the first week or something, right? It was something stupid like that. And I think I said then, and I'll still say it now, you know, it's comical mm-hmm. that the fact that it's happening, the fact that we can track something like this and say, yeah, the Mets have a magnet on their helmets, apparently. Do we think, honestly, that it's, I mean, I'm thinking about it right now, right? Like, what's the reason? Oh, we got AC's ringtone right there, <laughs> JT. Um, no, I mean, is there... Is there a reason behind the Mets having the most guys hit by pitch? I mean, you guys can make up theories. Go ahead. I'm, I can't think of anything, any particular reason, but for me, it's just odd. Maybe it's just one of those unlucky things. What is there a particular reason? I don't know if the Mets have like really hated guys. I can't stand Lindor more than most people can, but I really don't despise the Mets lineup. We're being completely honest here. No, I mean that that that's just how that's just how the game happens. Sometimes you know, sometimes you just get teams like what happened to the Mets to start the season, where everyone just gets hit for one reason or another, and then kind of just carries over. You know, you got a couple more bad stretches like that, and the next thing you know, you set an MLB record for most guys hit in the season. But all. All that's doing for the Mets and for the fan base is it's giving them now a chip on their shoulder, you know, because I, it's not intentional. I can't see it being intentional, 
but the Mets are now going to walk around saying it was intentional and they're going to use that. And Buck Showalter especially is going to use that as fire to motivate his guys and say, it's us against the league. We're the only ones who are going to stand up for ourselves. So let's go out there and let's beat their asses. Because if not, they are going to literally beat our asses by throwing pitches at us. Do you think that's part of what motivates the Mets with, um, with all these hit-by-pitch situations? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, how, how could it not? Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's, that's everything, I think, for the Mets is just that, that drive and, um, you know, having to defend your teammates. You, you bond better in those, in, when those things happen. I mean, yeah. the amount of times that that occurs, it's insane. Well, I mean, that's 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 crazy, right? Well, I mean, we have the bro of the week uh, to go over, guys. Do you have a particular one? I got one. All right, go for it. Kyle Schwarber. Who is it? He, Kyle Schwarber. Perfect. All right. He is. He is being massively overshadowed by Judge right now. He is second in MLB and first in the National League for home runs with 40. He just hit 40 uh, a couple nights ago. I think Monday or Tuesday night. And yeah, I mean, he's having a great season offensively. You know, there were some Phillies fans that were a little hesitant about him to start the season. No people who were like, get this bum off the team, you know, like two weeks into the season. But you know, he he's providing a jolt of offense for that team, especially not having Bryce Harper for as long as they've had it. You know, they needed someone to step up and Kyle Schwarber stepped up and he, he's one of the biggest reasons as to why right now they're in the playoff hunt and they might get that final spot or the fifth spot. Maybe who knows? Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. AC, do you got a uh, particular bro of the week in mind? Because I'm still thinking of one. Mm, bro of the week. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of guys this week that have kind of been going off. I kind of have one, but you can you can uh, keep going. Yeah. Hey, hey, you, if you got yours, you go first. I'm still trying to think of mine. Sure. Um, it's not a, um, it was a hard one for me, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with, I like the rebound situation. Josh Hader of the Padres. Um, this is really a guy that I really wanted as a Yankee fan a few years ago. Unfortunately, we didn't get him because we want to stick with Chapman. That's fine. And he's, he's struggled really badly when he first got to San Diego. Now, uh, he's kind of getting back in the rhythm. He hasn't really blown saves anymore. He looks the same as he used to be with the Brewers. Uh, you know, he's looking, ex- he's looking like the closer I, I always knew him as. So good for Josh Hader. And I think he's going to be desperately needed for the Padres moving forward, especially if they're going to be winning games like they won last night against the Cardinals by one run. Uh, that can't be happening often. And I'll be the first to say that if he was here, but I think having Hater behind you in that ninth inning is so crucial. And I think Padres fans should be grateful for that. So that's my bro of the week. You want to go on with yours now? Yeah, I'm going to go on with mine. It's not a, and it's not a major league baseball player. Oh, who's um, your bro of the week, man? Uh, it's a minor league baseball player who was just named minor league player of the year 
Oh, Anthony Volpe. Yes, sir. You was just named it. Um, and I saw this. I saw I saw it come out. Somerset Patriots put it on their Instagram and gave me flashbacks to uh, to my guy Jeter when he won it in '94. So, I mean, the future's bright for him. He's in AAA right now, I think. Or I, I know he is. I don't know if their season ended, but was raking. Not only Somerset, but he raked when he got up there. And I'm telling you guys, if he gets a shot, if they invite him to spring training. I think he gets the opportunity. He's going to make it out of camp. I think, oh, I think, he's, gonna, I think he's going to do it. So that's my bro. We just the fact that, you know, he is developing at a very rapid rate. And so I don't be shocked if we see him, uh, in opening day in the opening day on the opening day, Russian potentially in the lineup next season. So mm-hmm. I'll love just it. Me. All right. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Uh, series of the week, Jeff, we've been on a roll. You can give your free pick of the week before or after, but, um, you, uh, what's your series of the week? Um, I'll give the pick now and then I'll give my series. Um, for the pick, we're going with the Mariners against the Royals on Saturday. We got three in a row now. Let's try and keep that gravy train rolling. And you're three above 500 now. The Padres won. Yeah. Finally got to that elusive, uh, three in a row. Three above. Oh, that's so awesome. That's uh, that's something we've been waiting for the whole freaking season. That's literally something we've been waiting for pretty much the whole season. It's crazy that we've been waiting um, for this long. I mean, it's insane. Well, all right. So that's your so that's your series of the week. All right, AC, you got one. Oof. Mm. I'm gonna go. Jeff, who'd you go with? I kind of like blinked out there. Uh, Mariners, Royals. Oh, okay. I think I had Mariners last week. I can't remember. I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with Astros, Orioles, just because of the fact that you know it has implications for many teams. You know, obviously, obviously the Yankees, right? If the Orioles lose, they're in. If the Orioles keep winning, right? They kind of keep their hopes alive to an extent because they're not mathematically eliminated yet, but like. Kind of like written on the wall, unless they go on some crazy run and everyone else in front of them just plummets. Um, but you know, I th- I think I think it's just good for their I think morale and you know to go up against the Astros team that's kind of locked in and ready to go and think that you know they kind of have it all, even though they do have it locked up, right? They still got to finish out the season. So um, that was just good for or- for the Orioles, just to, you know get a couple of games on them and just you know ride it into maybe the postseason or if not next season. Because uh, they're winning as we speak, as, as we mentioned earlier, because we were talking about the Yankees clinching potentially tonight. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. All right. Mine is going to be the Braves and the Phillies. It's ongoing right now as we do this podcast. But I think this is going to be a series that both teams really, really need to win. Uh, there is no laying off for either of these teams. The Braves have clinched the postseason, but they want the elusive NL East. I think that should be obvious to everyone. But, you know, at the same time, uh, the Phillies are fighting for literally their playoff lives. They are not even in yet. That's their, They're chasing for the wild card. So the Phillies are in it right now, I think. So they look, they look like a team that can easily do it. I mean, they just beat Toronto the other night uh, in, in a great comeback. They were down 3 nothing in the eighth. So I like Braves and the Phillies for that series. And I'm hoping the Braves come out on top for the sake of them winning the division over the Mets. Sorry, AC, but I think I want the Braves. 
All good. I, I got to root for the Braves. Though I respect your pick still up to this point. Um, I got I to gotta root for the Braves in that series. And I want them to win the division, obviously. All right, so that's, so Jeff gave his free pick of the week. Jeff, if you shall, since you and Dom are involved, uh, talk about what you guys are doing in terms of the fantasy scores before we go. Right. So we'll, so we'll start with uh, you guys, actually, as time around. So for third and fourth place, for, for bronze, really, um, it's Tommy and Anthony. And Tommy is up right now 209 to 143. Um, really wishing you did that last week. And it is Dom and I for the championship right now. Dom is up right now 143 to 131. All right. Still still pretty close. Still anyone's game. Got about a week and a half to go because don't forget, playoffs are two weeks. Mm -hmm. Is how fantasy does it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I love it. All right, and one more thing before we go. Jeff's birthday is on Friday as this podcast comes out. So happy early Ooh, birthday happy to birthday, Jeff. Happy birthday, Jeff. Yeah. Thank you. So, Jeff, how old will you be? 23? I will be 23. Hey, all right. You're a couple months younger than me. <laughs> I love it. No, that's great. Um, you got anything planned for when the pod? You're going to listen to the podcast probably. Yeah. Um, you're going to spend your yeah, birthday I mean, listening to the podcast, I imagine. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, I'll probably get a beer, kick back, and then see if Judge and Pujols can break history. I'd love to see that. But happy happy birthday in advance as we're doing this on a Thursday night. Um, yeah, that's really exciting. I don't think Dom knows, but he'll find out when he listens in the morning. <laughs> Hi, Dom. <laughs> that's no, that's that's awesome. Well, that's um crazy. Yeah. Oh my god, sorry. I'm watching something else at the same time. But we're all, we're going to go from we're going to go from here. Um happy birthday to Jeff. And, and, um, you know, we're going to try and enjoy these this weekend as we can, best we can. So, uh, we will see you all Tuesday and have a great weekend. Have, and we'll see you all then from Tommy Franks, Jeff Wilkinson and Anthony Colasano. We'll see you Tuesday night. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Swing the Twig podcast. If you really love this show, please give us a five-star review and be sure to subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or concerns, email the podcast at swingthetwig at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media, go to our Instagram at swingthetwigpod, or you can go on Twitter at swingtwig.